What's the deal with Justin Fields and who are we selling in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues? All this and more tonight on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check his stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest, sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, and so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. fantasy football podcast all right all right all right it is february 21st 2023 baby the in-between fantasy football podcast back here with you if you guys are joining us live on the YouTube, you're probably noticing some changes in the show because we have a new intro, a new background, new equipment, new everything here at the show. We've revamped it for the fifth season of the show. I've almost been doing this for half a decade. Still suck at it. Still terrible. But mm-hmm. we're here nonetheless. Uh, Seth Wilcox still leading this ship, guys. I am joined by a man tonight who hates Kirk Cousins, who hates John Elway. Also hates European footballers and the smell of gasoline in the morning. That's Mr. Nathan Polvote. And guys, I'm also joined by a stunning man from Seattle who loves Wu-Tang Clan, Summer Sausages, and those Seattle Seahawks, baby. Fellas, how are we doing? Are we feeling refreshed? Season five. Feeling good, man. And I do love the the summer sausage. I'm looking forward to summer at this point. Um, It's cold out. I kind of wish they'd build a dome over my house because I don't like the cold. Um, and yeah, Seahawks, Wu-Tang Clan, you hit it on the, you hit it on the head, man. That's me. Let's go. Nate, how are you doing today? Always, uh, hating her, Kirk Cousins up there. So in the vein of you hating me for hating all of these things, clearly, cause you bring it up every week. You spelled John Elway wrong on the show sheet, Seth. I don't care. He doesn't. Well, you should take some pride in your, oh, grammar, we're going to start so pointing out on. grammar on the show sheet then. Yeah. I don't think we'd have a show boys. We'll add an hour to the pod. Yeah, absolutely. I am thankful, though, that you guys are here with us. I'm thankful for our guy Kyle in the back end, audio editor extraordinaire in the intro, a little a little pissy in the intro, if I if I do say so myself. <laughs> Kyle Scott, how you doing tonight, my friend? Why am I pissy? Oh, you were slamming in it there, man. The, the, <laughs> you did not want to be on camera in that 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 little clip we took. I that's not how I remember that that shooting day, but all right. Uh, i'm doing great today i'm not feeling pissy at all uh i've never been feeling pissy to be honest but i'm excited it's gonna be a great day for ibt it's gonna be uh it's a we got a lot of a lot ahead of us absolutely we are packed and loaded tonight on the show i appreciate you being here with us kyle as well as nate and scott tonight we're going to talk some of the nfl rumors how do they affect fantasy football value right now 
with a new segment, Bear in Mind or Bullshit. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to break out another new segment, Rave Rookie Reviews. We're going to preview two rookies. And we're also going to preview a TV show or review it. We all sat down recently, watched a pilot episode of That's 90 Show. We're going to kind of walk you through that. What's our feeling takeaway from that? Um, So a lot of fun stuff on the show. Obviously, some Dynasty sell highs as well to end it out. And I do want to welcome in the IBT family, blowing up the chat already. Looks like Dave was the first one in tonight saying, IBT in my heart uh, is is the in-between. the IBT in my heart is in between the love and respect sections of my heart. We appreciate that, Dave. Calling out the new intro as well. We got Didi back in the chat. Good to see you tonight, Didi. Brad, hey, fellas. Hey, Brad, good to see you out there in Australia, our friend. And we got Toronto Dave. Is, is that a cordell stewart jersey or is, well, is that is dave stewart pit jersey no 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 cordell stewart the man the myth the legend the slash the slash baby and we got albert back in the chat good at evening ibt good evening to you albert guys pour one up with us let's have a drink it is season five we Cheers. have so much new stuff coming your way we've been working very very hard in the back end and i want to first welcome in our new giveaway that we're going to be giving back to to one of the members of our IBT family. We have a Keyshawn Nixon autographed Packers salute to service helmet. I don't have it here with me. It's on the other side of my office right now. Um, But when we hit 400 subscribers, we want to give that away to one of you guys. We would love it if it's someone who's in the chat with us consistently hanging out with us. So you can go ahead and enroll in the giveaway. We're going to drop that link in the chat for you. Uh, and then you can go there, just have to fill out a couple things, make sure you're subscribed on Twitter, podcasts, that type of thing. Um, and then we're going to give that away when we hit 400 here. Nate, I love Keyshawn Nixon. He had a big, big return uh, for the Packers this season, brought that special teams uh, unit back to life. Yeah, I, I have a special place in my heart for kick returners. So anytime a kick returner does well, makes me happy. Anytime we can give away a kick returner's signed helmet, that makes me even happier. So guys, make sure you go to that link on the website, do everything you need to do, check the boxes, and you've got a shot at that helmet. Yes, let's go. Then Some are calling him the next Devin Hester. So uh, go ahead and get the next. Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. Just yes, I agree, oh, with yes. You. I agree with you there, Scott. Um, guys, we're going to have a lot of debate today that I don't think we're going to agree about, starting here with the Chicago Bears in our first segment. Bear in mind or bullshit? Bullshit. This just in, breaking news. Man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Welcome to Bear in Mind or Bullshit, guys. This is the segment where we tell you, should we be taking some of these NFL reports seriously and consider weighing them in our fantasy football value, or are they bullshit? bullshit. <laughs> there we go. I got so close that time. We're working we on it. the timing with that. A couple more episodes into season five, we'll have that figured out for you guys. Let's start with the first headline here. Justin Fields admits on a podcast he doesn't like playing in the cold. 
And I tweeted it out that I think, honestly, the Bears should consider moving him, not just because of this, but I think this is another thing um, that just adds to, to the list why they should be. I got buried by Chicago Bears fans. They have been blowing me up for about a week. I've been told to get a job, to get off Twitter, to get a life, like, Everything, the Chicago Bear fans, not too friendly with me right now, guys. And the reason I'm saying that I think they maybe should consider it right now, um, trading Justin Fields, like the Colts should be an advantage to quarterbacks. Am I right? Like Brady, Big Ben, Burrow, Mahomes. Those are guys who have all thrived or are thriving now playing in the cold. I've never heard any of them come out and say, oh, I hate playing in the cold. Like that just doesn't make sense to me that they would do that. I think they should move off him for a top 10 pick and some. They could take a new quarterback at one, maybe even move that one then back to four, get a big guy like Will Levis. They're playing up in Chicago. They might want that big arm cannon of a guy like Will Levis. I and and like the one thing, and I know I'm gonna get buried by both of you. I'm gonna get buried by the chat tonight, but like the one thing all the Bears fans were saying. Justin Fields gives us hope. Justin Fields exciting. I get that. But, like, I'm not trying to watch an exciting team if I'm a fan. I want to win some chips because I've watched the killer bees for the Steelers. Antonio Brown, Lev Bell, Big Ben. They were awesome. They never won a ship. Five years later, I, I could care less about that 2016 run. This is still a quarterback who lost eight straight games as a starter last year. So what do you guys think? How do you, how do you feel about Justin Fields here admitting on the podcast that he doesn't like the cold? Dude, this is such bullshit. No one likes playing in cold weather. Just because they don't say it doesn't mean that they enjoy it or want to do it. Of course, Justin Fields wants a dome in Chicago. If he cannot have to play in the snow and that bitter, bitter cold with those winds coming off of the lake, like, let's be real here. No one enjoys it. Justin Fields just had the balls to say it. It doesn't change how I feel about him in Chicago. Anyone who thinks that they should trade Justin Fields is crazy. You're crazy. Okay. You're talking about – okay. you got to reset the market here, Nate, because at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay Justin Fields in two more years if you believe he's the guy. Similar situation to what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson right now. I'm I'm 60-40 on if Justin Fields can be a passer in this league. We haven't seen it. I mean, it, it it that that's banking on if they decide to reset the clock now with a new rookie contract. By the way, I put my coat on because I'm cold and I'm okay admitting that I don't like <laughs> cold. Um, I mean, that's that's assuming whoever they trade for. I mean, you know, if if they were to the, the scenario I've seen is trading Justin Fields and picking Bryce Young at at, at, at number one overall. Okay. I've, but Will Levis, I mean, if you if you want to take a step back, sure, I guess. Um, what has Justin Fields done in the passing game, though? Like, like he, they lost. Like, let's not say they're taking well, a step I don't, I don't back. They're already the number one pick in the draft. A QB, a QB stat. Um, he was one of the only things they had going for him. They have an atrocious offensive line. He was getting killed out there. And I, first of all, as far as whether this particular statement has any bearing on anything fantasy or NFL wise? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, yet those guys all thrived in the cold. They used it to their advantage, but that doesn't mean they all loved it. Not liking playing in the cold. I mean, the, honestly, the fact that he admitted he doesn't like it and still goes out and gets his ass kicked in the cold shows that he's tougher. You, you know what I mean? It shows his toughness. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from anything in my opinion. Now, as far as the separate conversation that has nothing to do with that, as far as, you know, should they trade him? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, 
I think you're just you're restarting the clock and hoping another completely unknown and unproven player comes in and and what wait for that that player to develop over the next few years you're just you're, you're kicking the can down the road i also i think have more confidence in justin fields i guess quarterback. just looking around like the issue i have is the one argument everyone's making for him and we do have some thoughts in the chat i want to get to too and brad saying that trading fields for levis is like trading a ferrari a ferrari for a second hand yeah, car that has we'll to do that like will levis has some upside whether yeah. we want to admit it or not brad and then uh Days saying that he's indifferent to the subject of trading fields. Brad, some more defense from him. He loves him, calling him a, a, a future MVP. Look, look I get it. I get it. But, like, my concern here is what if he doesn't develop as a passer? Like, Lamar Jackson's only come so far as a passer. And I could argue that Justin Fields' weapons at the end of the year were not that much like worse or, or better than other teams. The Giants pass catchers, I would much rather have Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, uh, and your guys' love of Cole Komet than, than the Giants pass catchers. And and Saints, I could probably argue outside of Chris Olave after they lost Michael Thomas, didn't have anything either. So I don't know. Like Yeah, but that's that's two teams out of 32. Texans, we could name the Texans. I mean, Brandon Okay, Cooks. that's three. I mean, the, the Bears' offensive weapons outside of Justin Fields was in the bottom five. Just because there were four teams worse doesn't mean that he should have done better because he had good weapons. And they're going to add weapons, I believe. Nate, how do you feel about it coming, coming out of here? Because obviously, I kind of pointed out the weapons thing. Scott saying they're still bottom four in weapons, but... At the end of the day, the Giants, they were able to make the playoffs under Brian Dable and that guy, Danny Dimes. Dimes is more established than Fields is at this point in his career. Fair? Correct? Yeah. Dimes has is yeah. now four seasons in. Fields is two seasons in. Dimes has an organization that has attempted to build around him, that have put parts in place for him to succeed. Fields didn't have an offensive that line and Saquon Barkley. That's what they've given him. And he's done well with mediocre receivers. But he's had a good offensive line. Justin it Fields starts hasn't with had the that. offensive line, though, man. Justin like, Fields hasn't had that. That's where it starts and for a young quarterback. So, Seth, to be fair, everyone shit on me last season. I was like, sure, Hertz is a phenomenal rushing quarterback, but can he take that next step to being an, an elite passer or at least an adequate passing quarterback? His 2021 season stats aren't that different from Justin Fields' 2022 season, man. The volume's a little bit lower. I think he had a one percent more his passing percentage completion percentage was 1% better than Fields was this past season. But what Fields did that Hertz didn't do was he ran for a thousand yards. And if Justin Fields can step up his game as a passer, which I think we all know is possible. We know it's there. We've seen those times of accuracy when he has a little bit more time in the pocket, he's more comfortable in situations. They have almost a hundred million dollars in cap room. They're going to get one of these big name, wide receivers that's on the trading block. They're going to do something in the draft to get one of these big name wide receivers. They're going to put parts around Justin Fields. Their defense was getting better last season. I'm not saying that Chicago is going to be a team that is like even sniffing the playoffs, but there's going to be a market difference between Fields in 2021 or 2022 and 2023. I think it's going to be a similar jump. The jump that we saw Hertz take. I've just never seen Justin Fields that gifted as a passer. Like I saw it at times with Jalen Hurts in his profile from his college days. I saw it early in the pros. That what are you I, talking about? We saw it from Justin Fields this season. He made some incredible throws. He just 
he didn't he he was never comfortable enough to make those throws consistently that could very well change if they just get him some parts that all they have to do is get he needs an aj brown they need to go out they need to get chris godwin mike evans may maybe uh deandre hopkins these are guys we know are on the trading block they need to get one of those veteran receivers i think it'll change the way everyone talks about justin fields even people who love him and I think, I mean, there are not many QBs in this league that if you put them in that bear behind that Bears center, the last two years are going to have much success. You know, I mean, I think, yeah, Fields has some improving to do, but I agree with Nate with the Jalen Hurts comparison. I was in the same boat. I was like, his rushing ability is unquestioned, but can he make it next to, you know, make the leap as a passer? And Jalen Hurts did. Um, and I think Justin Fields potentially in college was a better passer than Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, I think the sky's still the limit for, for Fields. And I think, I think giving up on a rookie two years in to try and restart the clock or because it's not going to work and you're, you're, you're already three years away from a contract that, I mean, I mean, you start going down the road of like, Oh, he didn't pan out in his rookie year. Now we only have four years left. So let's trade him. It's like, you can't just keep restarting. It sounds more like a dynasty startup conversation than the actual NFL. Sure. And what if the Eagles had given up on Jalen hurts after last season? Well, they're like, you know what? He, he's close. He's not there. But Jalen hurts got his team to the playoffs. Like that's the thing. Jalen hurts got his team to the playoffs. All right. Well, better weapons, better offensive line, better defense. Like if Justin Fields had that, we'd be having a different conversation. And if you take out week 18, you go by points per game. Fields was the QB five with that crappy team. He with was electric for fantasy. Start. I'm not saying he wasn't, but I, I know. I, I just wanted I, to make sure throw yeah. in there that he was a, he was a freaking league winner. In he fantasy. was also a 60% completion passer. Like that's where he is right now. So that's the next step we need to see. Sean Elway was at 58% so, career. I think I am, I am going to bear this in mind in my fantasy rankings, in my projections coming up. You guys are not going to, I wouldn't be shocked if Justin Fields is traded here within the next three three weeks to two months. Maybe I'm completely off base. That's where I'm going to stand on this. I was off on the kid early in his career. I could be left standing again, you know, without Justin Fields and the lit quarterback next if year. If they trade back a little bit and pillow and and go with with Levis, I'm going to post a lot of laughing gifts on Twitter for the that's, Chicago Bears. Hey, that's that's, that's no. Next headline, let's move forward. The Cowboys reportedly intrigued by Ohio State star quarterback C.J. Stroud, according to Mike Fisher of Sports Illustrated. Listen, Mike Fisher has covered this team for a very long time. We He was the same one who pointed out, hey, they might be interested in, uh, in CeeDee Lamb. They might be interested in Dallas Goddard, these players that they were interested in. He normally has a pretty good nose for this stuff. Nate, is this bullshit? Or is this something to bear in mind here uh, that possibly like Dak Prescott could be on the move? Is that something that you're actually considering? No, this is bullshit. Jerry Jones does this every year. He's like your like nosy aunt at Christmas that likes to spread gossip and like she just wants the reaction of people. She wants to, oh my goodness. And that's what Jerry Jones is looking for. He wants that from the media because now everybody's like, so now wait a minute. Are they not sold on Dak Prescott? The Cowboys are now the talk of fantasy circles, NFL circles because of this. Because it's a sign like, oh, we gave up on Dak. There's no way that they're going to do the things that they would have to do in order to get C.J. Stroud. They've got Dak Prescott. He's under contract. Jerry Jones believes in him. This is noise. It's just noise. Yeah, this is a big nothing burger. I mean, saying, I mean, it couldn't be more vague also. They're intrigued. It's like, okay, me too. Um, 
But I mean, like Nate said, I think every year there's like some player that's not really a realistic option for the Cowboys that there's a rumor or, you know, a story about, about Jerry Jones being enamored with the player or whatever it is. And it never, it never pans out. I mean, this would be a big shock if they made some move to go, to move away from Prescott and trade up where they would need to, to get Stroud. Yeah. I, I think my issue is like Jerry Jones is actually kind of a pussy and I think he's all talk (laughs) and that's exactly what he's doing here because at the end of the day, like he's the reason the Cowboys offense regressed to me. He traded Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick for basically Matt Matt Wallaceko, an offensive mm-hmm. lineman who played one offensive snap and eleven special team snaps. That's what he traded Amari Cooper for, and then he signed Michael Gallup to a huge deal, five years, fifty-seven million. Now they can cut him uh, after this year, and it's a six million dollar cap hit, so it's not a terrible deal, but. Overall, like, why pay Michael Gallup all that money when he's not nearly as talented as Amari? Now they lose Kellen Moore. If anything, I think the Cowboys are, are bound to regress unless they add some more weapons here, um, maybe retool that offensive line as well. Yeah, I mean. They just feed Tony Pollard just over and over and over again. But they won't. They're going to continue to feed Zeke until he, like, loses a leg, Scott. We know this. Dallas, I don't – man, I just – Part of me wants this team to be good just because I have friends who are Cowboys fans, but this is Jerry Jones. Like he, he got really lucky with those nineties teams where he had Jimmy Johnson and then Barry Schweitzer, how he managed to put those teams together. I'm not sure. I just read a report the other day that Emmett Smith tried to go to Miami, but Shula couldn't pay him when he was a restricted free agent. This is what Jerry Jones does. He made Jimmy Johnson walk away after winning a Super Bowl because he hated dealing with Jerry Jones. Switzer lasted, what, two, three seasons, Scott? Something like that before he won a Super Bowl and he left. It's like, I got my hardware. I can't deal with this man. This is this franchise. <clears throat> it's what they do. He makes noise, but they don't actually make moves. They pay people like Michael Gallup that kind of money. So for fantasy terms, I don't think there's anything we can really move or adjust here on the Cowboy side. Just be ready to to be be flexible if you have any Cowboys players rosters is my best advice because we could see some movement here. Obviously, C.D. Lamb, he's going to be strapped into that number one role. Zeke will probably be back. He's going to renegotiate his deal. Pollard, I think, is going to get the franchise tag as well, so he's he'll probably be back. So the only person who I think is going to leave this team is Dalton Schultz. He's not going to get the franchise tag this year. Dalton Schultz, I think, goes out the door. Keep an eye on Jake Ferguson in your dynasty leagues and in your redraft best ball leagues. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, love him. He tore up the Big Ten a couple years ago. Uh, He's going to be the new Dalton Schultz, in my opinion. So something to keep in mind there, guys. Last headline here, Nick Wright today on Fox Sports 1 says he believes Lamar Jackson has played his final game as Baltimore Raven. So there's two things to keep in mind with this for me, guys. The first is, okay, does this uh, uh, it could this actually be something that is true? Nick Wright, I feel like he's a pretty good analyst. He normally knows what he's talking about. He's saying that if they don't move off him this year and they don't want to pay him next year, it's going to be even more difficult because his value teams are going to know that they can't fran- they can't franchise him again three times in a row. So they're not going to get as much as they would this season. That's the first part. The second part of this that we need to either bear in mind or is it bullshit? Could another passer come in and actually elevate this team? We saw Mark Andrews' best stretch in 2021 with not Lamar Jackson under center. So is this bullshit 
or is this uh, something to bear in mind here, Scotty? So I, th I say bear in mind just because I was watching ESPN. I was watching Ted Bruski on ESPN. He brought up a really good point. And you could even, you could even, you could say this about the whole Dak, CJ Stroud, all that stuff too, is I feel like what I thought I knew about te what teams would do for a quarterback is different than it was a year ago, specifically, or, or in the last few years, specifically because of Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, the Deshaun Watson, that, that deal seemingly, I mean, somewhat out of nowhere, how big and how guaranteed it was. And then Russell Wilson, of course, uh, I like to talk about it. I just finished an article about there's no way he's getting traded and then boom, traded. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past teams, um, moving mountains for Lamar Jackson. If he be, if he were to become available, it depends. I mean, there's rumors about they're going to put the franchise franchise tag on him because they can't reach a deal with him right now. Then it brings in whether it's the exclusive or the non-exclusive because the non-exclusive he would be able to go and try and you know make it'll a be deal. the exclusive because they I mean, don't I want to lose him. So. Just and I mean, I for two, two the non-exclusive you know? as far as I understand it is far less compensation yes, than the yes, exclusive. Certainly, I think forty-five million is forty-five million for the exclusive. Yes. Um, now, whether he plays under that or holds out, you know, I think if they if if they put that tag on him and then those penalties start to incur for holding out, I think he plays. For the Ravens. Okay. But I think it, the reason I say bear in mind is because I, I don't think this is just utter nonsense. I think this could have some legs to it. So I agree, Scott. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about this towards the end of the season where there was chattering that Lamar Jackson was maybe going to be on his way out in Baltimore. If you look at the last couple of seasons, he's missed a significant amount of time. It's impacted his team significantly. They've missed the playoffs. They've not played well towards the end of seasons. Neither has Lamar Jackson. His value is at an all-time high. Do you want to pay this guy long-term? If you're a GM, I don't because I don't know what I'm going to get. It could be a really bad decision to trade him, but I'd rather take the risk at this point, get what I can, and get a quarterback that's going to work in Monken's system a little bit better than Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson wants out too. I think he feels handcuffed by the team. I don't think he likes Harbaugh as much as we all assume he does. I think that he's pissed off about how long Greg Roman stuck around when we knew there were problems last season that he was allowed to come into 2022. I think there's a fractured relationship here. They, they might be able to repair it. They may figure it out. They may have Lamar Jackson back. But I think right now the focus is on probably get him, getting him moved either before the draft or at the draft. Okay, so you guys are saying this isn't bullshit. You're saying this is something Not we should bear in mind here. Who does this affect fantasy terms? Because obviously Mark Andrews, he's been a tight end one uh, really since his career began, starting in his second year. He's been electric with Lamar Jackson under center, uh, but but he's also been great without him as well. Josh Johnson's provided fantasy points to him. Uh, so is Snoop, Snoop Huntley. So we can't like determine who their quarterback would be if it isn't Lamar, but Scott, are you panicking if you have Mark Andrews in any dynasty leagues? You're just going to be sitting tight here. I'm sitting tight. You know, I mean, there's, there's so much, I mean, if you think about it, like kind of like the way it was with the Russell Wilson trade, if something were to happen, it would be this, it would be a very monumental story in the NFL if Lamar Jackson gets traded. Um, so to me, the odds that that happens just because those big monumental things just don't happen that often um, are not high enough for me to start actually taking actionable moves with Ravens players. Um, you know, I mean, you, you could, you, you could, but I mean, it's, it's, it's so early in the process. One, if he leaves, who comes in, would that be good or bad for the players that are there? 
one, if Lamar leaves where he goes, is that better or worse for the players? That there's there's too many moving parts with the amount of uncertainty involved for me to, like I said, to to really take any kind of actionable moves right now. Okay. So I want to summarize this up here for us, this first section of the show, bear in mind or bullshit. We're, we're saying that we should be bearing in mind that Lamar Jackson could change teams here, but we don't have enough information to, to weigh into our fantasy decisions for the Cowboys. I think it's still going to be Dak Prescott under center next year. Uh, we're thinking the CJ Stroud rumors, a little bit of bullshit here. Keep Jake Ferguson in mind, round out this discussion here with Justin Fields. Is he a, a, 100% locked and loaded QB one for you next season, regardless of team. Can I just ask that? Even though you guys don't think it, he's he's moving teams here. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I'm saying. Like I actually think he could be a better option on another team. So I'm, I'm excited to maybe possibly see that. But we will see what happens with Justin Field, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, the quarterback carousel here in a little bit, guys. Let's jump into our next segment of the show. Really excited to uh, to unveil this one. Let's get into some rave rookie reviews. Dude, that, that that drop is awesome. I I appreciate it. Really, really good. <laughs> that is our guy Nate Miller who does all the music here. Ism, you can find him on all streaming platforms. I'm the guy now cranking out the videos in the back end, so I appreciate it. Uh, we tried to throw a little something fun together. So rave rookie reviews. What this is here in IBT Media. If you guys are new to the channel, what we do is we combine feel good lifestyle advice with fantasy sports analysis so we want to we're going to introduce some of our our reviews that we're doing the rookie profiles that we're doing over on the site and then we're going to talk about some pop culture uh item we're all going to review it every single week when we do these sometimes it'll be an album sometimes it will be a movie sometimes it'll be a tv show so we're going to start with the rookie reviews and again you guys can find all these there's a link in the description of this YouTube show. I'll make sure to link it in the audio version of the podcast as well, where you can go read some of these Ricky reviews. Nate, the first one was Jordan Addison that we reviewed. And obviously we, we know this guy. He was excellent with Kenny Pickett last season, had a really good season again with uh, Caleb Williams and USC, but regressed a little bit. Where do you see him ending up in the in terms of fantasy football? Can he impact teams right away here in year one? What was your overall takeaway from Jordan Addison? Please take it away, Nate. So was the 2022 season and the less volume a little bit concerning? To me, not really, because he went from Pitt, which is, I mean, they're a Division One team, but their competition isn't what USC faces in the Pac-12 every season. He was on a more talented receiving core. He saw less work, but he was still really efficient with that work. And he won a Blitnikoff award in 2021. He was the nation's best wide receiver. And if you watch the film, like you can see why he's really shifty. He's athletic. He's quick footed. And he really can work anywhere on the field effectively. If you look at his splits last season at USC, it was pretty much an even split from the short range, mid range and deep threat passes 
he really can work the whole field. And something you saw a lot if you watch any of his college film go all three years is the way that he can turn cornerbacks with his footwork, especially in the middle of like a fly route where he'll just do a little something. He'll do like a hip turn. It looks like he's moving. He'll get the cornerback, turn his back, and the cornerback's on his on his back falls over because of Addison's exceptional footwork. Those are things that just translate well to the NFL in general. If you can do that to a college cornerback, you can adapt and do it to an NFL quarterback. Cornerback. So let's talk some of the cons uh, of, of this player. And Addison, your comp to him, Nate, was Devonta Smith. Yes. And I think that's a very fair comp. I don't think that Addison plays as big as Smith does. Smith is a, a very slight guy. And as we saw in the Super Bowl, goes up and makes extraordinary catches. I, I kind of comp him somewhere between a Smith and a Paris Campbell to me. I think he's somewhere right in the middle there. Um, does lack some of that size and strength. However, uh, he's shifty. So, Scott, do you have any concerns that the lack of size could hurt Addison at the next level? Or are you ready to invest in him right away? It has to do with this receiver class. He's up. He's at the top end of this receiver class, in my opinion. Um, part of that has to do with, I believe he's going to you know, I've seen, you know, it's, it's mock NFL draft time. So we're, we're checking out all these mocks. He's definitely a first round wide receiver. And I've seen him as either the first, second or third receiver off the board, along with JSN and Quentin Johnson. Um, but yeah, I mean, his lack of size is a concern. I mean, there's, there's a lot of historical precedent that, you know, under a certain size, the success rate is lower, but Devonta Smith bucked that trend. And I think Jordan Addison can too. I was talking with our buddy Herms the other day. And I was very, a very qualitative, like more gut feeling view I have of Addison is he's going to be that guy when he plays against my rooting team, I'm, he's going to piss me off because he's going to be getting catches and getting open all day long. Um, he's that type of receiver to me, um, you know, and he, he had, he had good advanced metrics too, you know, I mean, breakout age of 18 yards per route run was, 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 you know, in the upper echelon of this class. So you know, I, I will be. I think he can be he can be one of those receivers that, um, you know, midway or a little bit later in your in your rookie first round, you can grab him. OK. And where are some of the best landing spots do you guys think for Jordan Addison coming out of USC here? I think Pittsburgh obviously is one that all comes to mind. If he was reconnected with uh, Kenny Pickett, that'd be awesome. Obviously, we think probably that would also come with Deontay Johnson being moved is what I would assume personally. Deontay obviously having kind of a down year, no touchdowns for him here in 2022. So I think the Ravens are another team that could possibly be after him. The Titans, if they don't go quarterback here in the first round, I think those are all possibilities for Addison. Nate, is there another team that sticks out and you would say, that would be a dream fit. I would move him up my ranks drastically if that was the play. Uh, yes, there is. And it's the Buffalo Bills because I think he would be a phenomenal compliment to Stefan Diggs. He would do what Gabe Davis can't do, which is actually catch the ball in a high pressure situation. And I just think his, I think that his ability to work short, mid and deep for Josh Allen would be, it'd be like having a more reliable Isaiah McKenzie with better hands if you will. Okay. So I think overall, we're probably seeing Addison guys likely hanging around that, you know, late, you know, 10th, 11th round, I'm going to say in redraft, probably where Olave was last year, which I think will probably be a value for him once again here in 2022. And I think in, in, uh, in dynasty leagues, you're probably looking at what 
a, a, a mid to back end player right here. Obviously not going to go in front of the Gibbs, uh, B. John Robinson, or some of these other elite wide receivers. But I think he's right there, probably in that seven to eight range, Scott. Yeah, that's that's right about where I'd have him. That's why if if I have that pick, you know, I mean, where your pick is in a rookie first round, um, you know, the way you view the value of that pick changes and fluctuates all year long. But now that this is starting to just kind of materialize somewhat, I'm I'm fine with that that area because of somebody like Jordan Addison. Because rec rec receivers are gold in Dynasty. We got Brad saying I don't hate that comp. I thought Tyler Lockett, but I might but I might one. like Devonta comp better. Yeah, Nate came to me with that comp, and I really liked it. Uh, we got Josh in the chat correcting me. USC, not UNC. Yeah, my apologies there if I did say UNC. Uh, got too much Drake May on the brain right yeah, now. UNC is Josh Downs. Yeah. Josh Downs, everybody. Yeah, let's go, baby. Uh, appreciate Josh tuning in tonight, man. Nova. Hey, might be another PA Bowl here in the chat. Let's go, baby. I'm not a Nova <laughs> fan, but I respect Nova. I will be rooting. I do root for them in March Madness. I, I do pull for uh, the homeschool there in March Madness. Hope you're subscribed to the channel, Josh. Come back and hang out with us again. Um, guys, any final thoughts here on Jordan Addison, or can we move to the next player I want to spotlight tonight? Let's do some no. Chase Brown love, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so like I have weirdly talked about this guy quite a bit, even on our last season of the show, because I watch a lot of Big Ten college football, and Chase Brown was electric this season. Illinois was someone very, very fun to bet because uh, they were consistently being – not viewed as the favorites in some of these big 10 matchups and chase brown would go and run all over these uh opposing big 10 teams what you got to know with chase brown here guys is he started his career here in college at western michigan got a little bit of run his his uh freshman season ended up transferring to illinois redshirt 2019 2020 didn't really see him then saw him a little bit in that short COVID year 2020 to 2021 uh but it was really these last two seasons where he broke out and it was especially uh, 2022 where he broke out, guys. 328 carries for him, over 1,600 yards, 13 total touchdowns for him, saw 27 receptions. And I said this on a recent podcast, and I see him somewhere between a mix of Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert. He's five foot 11 inches, 202 pounds. And you look at McCaffrey's last two seasons at Stanford – 295 carries, 1,800 yards, similar to Brown's 328 and 1,600 yards. So, like, these are both workhorse type of caliber running backs. I don't think he's as talented as McCaffrey, and I think everyone would probably be, be with me on that. What he does lack a little bit, he's a little too patient at times trying to find those holes, not a great short yardage guy, and does fumble the ball some. So there are some concerns at the next level here. However, he has that breakaway speed that Mostert has. He, he can be a three-down workhorse, and he's shifty, incredibly shifty. Scott, what's your overall feelings when you when you talk Chase Brown, when you look at the tape, when you dive into the analytics? Um, are you as excited as I am about this uh, potential Illinois? I'm, I'm excited for him as a sleeper in this class. Um, I think, you know, there's a, there's, a group of pe there's a group of players at each position where um, – is he invited to the Combine? Do we know that? Yes, yes, he will be. Um, there's a group of players with every year in each position group where there is a lot writing on his on how he tests at the combine, uh, partially because he was a five year player, not nowhere near an early an, an early declare. Um, 
So that I mean, and I mean, again, it's just it's it's historical probabilities with stuff like that. There's no there's no oh he's a fifth year player, so there's no way he can succeed. It's not like that. It's just the odds of fifth year players succeeding are just lower. Um, so I'm, but I do like I I do like he 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 had a, um, a upper echelon breakout you know breakaway run rate. That's 15 plus yard runs or more uh, per game with this class. He he has home run ability. He's very shifty. Um, you know, it's it's really I mean. If he if he goes higher in the draft than expected, then yeah, I'm gonna want him. Um, this could be a like a James of, Cook, like a James Cook situation where he does jump out if it's the right team, you know, someone like that, yeah. Damian Pierce, where he moves up. Right now, he's probably in that what back end of the second round range in rookie drafts, and he's probably, I mean, if he gets with the right team, he could be a firster. He's definitely one of those guys where if I'm doing if I'm drafting early, like a lot of you know, there's a lot of leagues that are drafting just all year long uh, before any before free agency before the draft before combine all that he would he would be a player that would be in my spotlight as somebody to grab a little bit later at, at a potential deal as a dart throw right now um again so much of it is going to hinge on the combine and his draft capital nate how do you feel about chase brown here obviously the big 10 they're not the sec they they're there's not that level of competition but in my opinion it is the second best conference in college football his best team that he faced all year was michigan 29 carries, 140 yards, two touchdowns. They almost saw uh, the, the fighting Illini almost pulled one out there, 19 to 17 in the Big Ten. Playing against that top competition, he thrived. Do you think he'll thrive in the NFL, Nate? So I'm kind of I'm up in the air on this. I'm going. It, this isn't necessarily a, a talent comp, but a draft situation comp. Michael Carter, when he came out of UNC, Josh. Just so you're not disappointed, now we have reference to correct UNC players. <laughs> Let's go, here. baby. Um, because I, so I think he'll find himself in a similar situation to Michael Carter, where a team drafts him, they're excited about him, but they're not going to really roll him out as a feature back. And unless he has some things happen during the season in front of him, an injury, drastic underperformance, we're not going to see a whole ton from him year one or year two. And because of that, I'm probably staying away from him. In most rookie drafts, unless he drops that late third round or fourth round, where let's be honest, we're all throwing darts at those players because we have no idea. I was taking Daniel Bellinger and Jeremy Ruckert in the third and fourth rounds of drafts last year because I was like, screw it. I don't even know what any of this is going to be. So I might as well go some guys I like. And that's kind of where he falls right now for me. Now, okay. if, he lands, if he lands somewhere like Houston – as a compliment to Damian Pierce, I could see him being inserted into the passing game immediately, which makes me a little bit more excited about him. Uh, Carolina would actually be somewhere where Carolina, Pierce, yes, Carolina Pierce, would be awesome. I think would be kind of yeah. an interesting situation where I might be able to take a little bit more of a risk and like take a mid third on him. But I kind of think that's where we're at with him. The talent's there, but it's not that breakaway elite talent where it's a guy who's going to get immediate, like without question, reps off the bat. Okay. Yeah. And I, I just love the, the fact that he is a shifty player and then he can take on a big workload. So I think that if he ever is a featured guy, I think his ceiling is a mid tier RB two. I, I think that's where he could max out. At. I don't think he'll ever be an elite RB one, but I think he could be in that RB two range. I think he is going to start out probably as a change of pace guy in a committee. 
but you know, Dolphins even like there, there's some really fun sure. names that he could, he could end up there and uh, you know, shake it up a little bit. So Chase Brown, that is another person we're highlighting today. Again, you can find these rookie profiles over on the site um, and, and part of rookie uh, rave rookie reviews, the new segment, we are going to review a television show as well tonight we're going to talk about the one and only that 90 show and to do that we're going to welcome in kyle scott he's our audio editor he's also a movie and television buff kyle how you doing tonight bud um the, the vibes all good out there in the berg I'm, I'm assuming oh the vibes are are fantastic out here i don't know about state college but you know weather's not too bad out here to be honest for february oh yeah Oh yeah, we're we're catching that like early spring vibe right now. Honestly, fifties, uh, sixties, a little bit of forties action in there, but really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, really good overall. Yeah. We have a storm we're sending your way because it was sixty today. It's going to be technically our high tomorrow is going to be thirty three, but we're going to hit that at midnight as the temperature drops down to one tomorrow. So, okay, enjoy it while it lasts, Pennsylvanians. Kyle. Kyle, I want I want to bring you in here and can you set the stage about what this show is about and just kind of set it up for us here a little bit? Uh so we're talking about that 90s show, which is I guess you could call it a continuation of that 70s show, uh a bit of a spin-off. Not like that 80s show, which was like a completely different show from the Wait, that was a show. show. That was a show. Yeah. I didn't ever I never even heard about that. Okay. Yeah. It sucked. No one watched it. So bad. It so bad. <laughs> uh it has got like it's the original cast has kids now and they're all hanging out at the original house for the summer. Uh yeah. It's on it's on Netflix. A bit of what you might call a cash grab. Okay, so okay, so let, let let's talk about this. We all sat down. We at least watched the pilot of this. Callie Harveda, she is the star of this. You have some really up and young and upcoming actors, of course. Mila Kunis, uh, Topher Grace back in this. Ashton Kut- Kutcher makes a cameo as well. I thought it was like high vibes. I, I I laughed a lot in this show. I I spoiler. I did watch the entire series. I binged it when it came out. I thought it was really awesome. Um, I I kind of love just the the fact that it it does show that '90s style of television too. And like that's kind of where I grew up. Kyle, you're the you know about the same age as me. So you know late '90s, early 2000s. Like I could relate a lot to it. Um, Scott, you love TVs and mu- music and movies. You have a your own show uh, dedicated to pretty much just that, comparing it to fantasy football, pulp fantasy. What was your overall takeaways? Were you feeling it? Because uh, you know nothing makes it more than seeing Red and Kitty Foreman back in that original house. Oh, um, no, absolutely not. Oh, I would like those minutes of my life back. <laughs> I will never get them back. Um, I thought it was kind of cool to see the original people come in and, you know, the fake audience laugh track laughter, which I can't stand. Oh, it's the worst. I yeah. do like laugh. I do like a all, laugh all track. that happened with the old with the old characters coming in, like Topher Grace, for, for instance, is he, that he looked like he hasn't aged at all and made me feel really old. You know what I mean? He looked he right. the same. But beyond I, that, the only thing I could comp it to is like my daughters have gotten past like cartoons and are now starting to watch babysitters club and various other like Nickelodeon younger audience sitcoms 
And that's what it reminded me of is some of the sitcoms that they watch that I come in, check it out for five seconds and immediately leave the room. I think for me too, like I grew up on this kind of TV as well. I mean, I grew up on, on shows that were the, the multi-camera, you know, laugh track studio audience or whatever. I grew up on that too. It wasn't until the 2000s that the single camera office, Parks and Rec, all that stuff came out. So I grew up on it too, but it was like, it was such, it's so, to me, it's so blatantly obvious when they hit the laugh on the button backstage, when, when it's not that funny, it's like, it, it makes it even less funny because you can tell it's just being pushed. And I mean, these kids that are in the show, they, they might turn out to be good actors, but they were not in this show. Um, it was just cheesy, bad acting. Like the, honestly, the mom was annoying me and I, I loved her during the original. Oh, it that kind is of annoying me. Cause it, it was just like, ah. I think cash grab is a really good way to put it. Um, I made my poor wife watch it with me. Um, and let's just say we will not be continuing. And I mean, it could be wow. an age thing, could be an age thing, but like, I, I couldn't stand it. See Scott. <laughs> now we're basically the same age. We're a couple of years apart, but we grew up in the same era. So like this nineties show, I was personally like super, Jenna and I were both super excited for it. It's like, okay, this is like our era of like, this is when we were growing up, like similar age to the kids on this show. It's going to be really cool to kind of see it like relive through this lens with the original cast of that 70s show. And then it was just like weirdly awkward. It was like, oh, I'm not going to stop watching this. I thought that was some of the fun this. of it. That was some of the fun of it. It's like, but it wasn't. But it wasn't a good awkward. It was like, uh, is this show going to? What are they doing? What? What's? Because I'll tell you what turned me off the most was the basement scenes with the kids being so similar to that '70s show. Twenty years later, in a basement that looked exactly the same. I love no, it. I love. That. I don't. I live in this weird world where TV needs to be at least somewhat plausibly believable. Like there has to be some, unless it's like straight up like John Wick or like straight up fiction. How is that not plausible? Well, Seth, most people don't keep their basement the exact same for 20 years after their kids have moved out. Red and, and, you know, they're old, they're old people. So it's like, I just, I don't know, man, it was too hard. And we're look, we watched the first episode. We'll watch the second one because we give every show two chances. No, you don't got to do it with this show. Scott, we do it for every show. show. We won't. We'll watch one more. But like, I just, I couldn't, that, and it didn't like, I was hoping for some like Nirvana or something. Kyle. That bone. Come on. Kyle, you're you're a little younger. You're you're my age. So, do you think it, it's these old heads just aren't getting you know today's television, or am I, or am I completely off base here, Jim? Seth, you might be alone on this one, man. Uh, I watched the first two episodes, um, and I watched it with Elliot. And I after the second episode was over, I said, "Hey, do you want to watch the next episode?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> uh, so we didn't watch the next episode. I thought the um, second episode was actually even better because it was really nostalgic. I love the I love the kids, you know, smoking weed, lighting up in the basement, the whole circle thing, drinking beers on a water tower. I think that's dope. Like, like I, that's kind of almost what my my teenage years were like. So, like, well, see, I, that's the thing. I don't I don't mind. I like what they're doing is mm-hmm. fine. It's just the way that show is presented in the acting it's like it 
I didn't, it, I don't know. And I mean, that's the thing is I haven't watched sitcoms like this in quite a while. We yeah. cycle through the same reruns of the same shows over and over again. But I mean, I get a vibe from a show pretty quickly. And my vibe was like, oh God. I will throw back to you, Kyle, to kind of close this out for us. I will say though, I watch, I don't watch a lot of TV, honestly, because like football and NASCAR and, you know, sports take a lot of our time. And I laughed more from this show than any show I can say I've watched in a very long time, other than my first early watches of Letter Kenny. Like, that's probably the only other show I can com- compare that I laugh this much. So I love it. We're three versus one. Kyle, any final thoughts here on That's 90 Show that the uh, listeners should know about? I I uh, agreed with Scott when he mentioned, um, like, Disney Channel sitcoms uh i got that vibe too um it's it, it kind of seemed like that 70s show ran through a filter and then like i don't know also the, the kids, kids seemed really young the kids they do like seem a lot, lot younger yes, than the original yes. cast and it was kind of weird it was like why are these 13 year olds getting high in the basement yeah but to be fair if you remember the first one they were like 13 they were pretty no, young. They, they, were, they were like 15, bro. They were like at least six, you know, 15, Same 16. Difference. It's different. It, it's it, it's, it's visually different. a lot different. I, I think also this was actually one that the kids were casted around their age. The the lead girl, the, the, the daughter, she actually looks her age. Like, I don't know exactly how old she is, but she appears to be 15 or 14, what she plays in the show. And I don't think Topher Grace was as young as he was when he was portrayed as, you know, as Eric in that show. So we're going to close the door here on rave rookie reviews. I'm giving this a nine out of 10. Do you guys have a score you want to throw out here for uh, that's 90 show? It would have gotten like a five out of 10 if it wasn't for that stupid laugh track. So it gets a four out of 10. Is this between one and 10 or zero and 10? One and 10. One. Kyle? like a three and a half okay yeah what's with the laugh track they they, they claim that they're telling us every single thing that is said by every single character is funny and we're telling you that because we're making a I, sorry i've i have a strong I feel like laugh tracks. big I beef big them. beef with laugh tracks here well guys i appreciate well, you you sitting through it nonetheless uh doing your homework for us over here if anyone in the audience has something that they want us to review, whether it's a, a new show, a movie, whatever, uh, let us know recommendations. We'd love to take them. Uh, you know, we want to be watching what you guys are watching. So let just, us know. Just so you know, no Creed and no Nickelback. Yes, Because there was almost a mutiny today when please. Seth tried to make us listen to a Creed album instead of watching I'm that telling you right now, Seth, if that had been the assignment, I would not have done it. <laughs> So, so we at least stepped up from the Creed album, then, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was more more uh, tolerable than that. Yes. All right. Well, we'll save the the <laughs> the Creed album review for a week. You guys aren't on the show, then. That's okay. what we're gonna do. Perfect. Uh, guys, let's go Thank ahead and move that. move forward here. Let's close out the show with some back in the day. They make them like this way back in the day Took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day Couldn't predict how it could all change Don't you ever forget how far we came
man, I love that drop too. That's a good one right there. Back in the day, guys, we're going to be comparing current Dynasty sell high uh, opportunities to a, a few years ago back in the past. Um, trying to just get you guys ahead of it all here because we don't want you to end up in a situation where you're left holding the bag because that's what happens in a lot of Dynasty Leagues. You hold on to these aging veterans and it doesn't always work out so well. Um, so, Scott, I, I want to throw it to you here first. Do you have a back in the day that we can learn from and who we should possibly be selling here as we uh, as we get into the 2023 NFL offseason, my friend? So for me, I mean, my current player could be a little too late, but it's somebody who we love have loved on the show. And that's Lenny Fournette, playoff Lenny. Um, he's 28 years old. I just think from a dynasty perspective, he is coming off a pretty down year, though. And it wasn't I mean, he did play through some injury, but he was in most of the games. So it wasn't, you can't necessarily chalk it up to solely to injury. Um, so 28 years old, you know, that's right around the age, at least in dynasty where, you know, even maybe a little bit before that, where you want to at least think about moving off of running backs, running backs who have had success. Cause I mean, Fournette, when he's been healthy, you know, he's been a, an awesome fantasy running RB one, baby RB one and through the air. And my comp with him was going back a little far, but 2017 LaShawn McCoy, I mean, McCoy during his heyday was one of the best fantasy running backs ever. He was one of the most consistent and best running backs ever. Um, but in 2017, coming off coming off a you know a top 12 year with Buffalo, same deal. He was hitting that age. Um, there's there's obviously hindsight involved here. The the he he never had another RB one year after that. Um, but that's what you have to think about in dynasty. You can't always wait for that bad year. That's why I. You know, Lenny Fournette did just come off a, a, a somewhat rough year, but I think he still has quite a bit of name value. Um, I was fortunate enough to to move off Lenny last year as part of a package trade that worked out really well. Um, but he'd, he'd be somebody I'd be looking at. And Scott, who would you maybe like what, what kind of deal would you be taking for Leonard Fournette right now? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I got Leonard Fournette in a lot of leagues. And, uh, you know, I, what can I shop him for? Oh, you know, this is where it gets a little fuzzy with me with veterans. Um, I mean, if you're talking picks, you know, I don't know. I don't think he's going to he's going to get you anything in the first round. No, I, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but you you might be able to get a second round pick, um, a second round pick for him. Or, you know, maybe maybe take a look at some a, a player. I'm trying to off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of somebody like maybe a, a Khalil Herbert plus or something like that. Somebody that hasn't hit yet that you have confidence in, which I do with Khalil Herbert, a lot of it, um, you know, that, that still is fairly cheap. You, you wouldn't want to do that straight up because that's still not the best value to get back for Fournette, you know? Um, but if you could, if you could work Khalil plus a second or something like that, you know, that that's the type of thing I'd be looking for, like a, a potential high upside with, with Khalil Herbert. It's, you know, his situation could change. Montgomery could be gone and he could be the guy. Um, and his stats are kind of through the roof when it comes to advanced metrics. So that's the type of deal I'd be looking for. Okay. This pains me, you know, pains me to say that I think you're right because you guys know I was on Lenny yeah. uh, coming into that 2021 season when yeah. nobody was. And I loved, yeah, yeah. And I, I loved Lenny that year. Uh, didn't have as much success as last year, but was, was still an RB1 when he was on the field. Um, but I agree with you here, Scott. I like this call out. Nate, I'm going to throw it over to you, my friend. Who are you uh, selling this season in Dynasty, and who are you comparing that to? So there are some people that this is probably going to anger, but it's Mike Evans. I love Mike Evans, but we are looking at nine consecutive seasons of 100-plus targets. 
that's a lot of work for a dude who's going to be heading into his 30s soon. My comparison is 2020 Julio. 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 It's Jameis Jones. So I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but there was a similar arc for Julio where in his first seven of his first nine seasons, he saw 100 plus targets. Now, the two seasons he didn't see 100 targets or more was his rookie season in he had 95, but that was only 13 games. And then in 2013, he had 60 targets in five games. He only played in five games. He was on pace for over 200 targets that season if he had stayed healthy. Mike Evans has been a workhorse in Tampa Bay, obviously. And nobody saw it coming with Julio because he was a PPR wide receiver three in 2019. He had a massive season. There were no indications that he was going to fall off a shelf, but then in 2020, he did. He went from having consistent top-tier wide receiver seasons to, in 2021, he was a wide receiver 93. And in 2022, he was the wide receiver 96. Holio, that is, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting here because I've – I don't think it will be such a cliff. I think Mike Evans is such a staple there, but he is taking that wear and tear. And we even saw it like he wasn't a great fantasy football asset this past year. He burned a lot of people because we didn't play him towards the end of the season because he was so bad. Then he goes off in, you know, week 17 and burns a lot of people that way as well. I thought he would have double-digit touchdowns. I, I had him projected for 13 touchdowns. Scott, I think you were in that range as well. And it just fell apart for Mike Evans. And maybe you could get back on track if they bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo, if they targeted Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, maybe. But at the end of the day, like those options don't inspire me. I think Mike Evans' best days are behind him. Would you agree with that, Scott? I, I, I think so. Um, and I mean, we had every reason to project him double digit touchdowns. He had 14 and 13 the two years prior once Brady joined. He was one of the guys that, you know, after his first double-digit touchdown year, I wrote about him because I was like, oh, this I don't know if this touchdown rate is sustainable. And then he did it again. But now we're seeing the other side of that. And I was re- somebody on Twitter today was um, was in a thread with our with our friend Dave Kluge talking about. And, and also Mike Evans had a, the most receptions he's ever had this year. And he had a, above a thousand yards again. And Brady threw it a million times again. So yeah. It, 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 yeah. the. The context we were all hoping for, you know, targets, receptions, his touchdowns plummeted to six. I mean, honestly, if you take out his week 17 where he scored like 5,000 points, you know, his 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 fantasy season was a t- complete bust. Um, yeah, especially you know, wide, receiver, wide receiver 17. Yeah, yeah, and that's – and I mean, you know, I can't say, oh, if you take out the long play, blah, blah, blah. But that week 17, because I've made these charts that show weekly – fantasy points just to see what it looks like and it's just like this straight line of crap and then this one giant line at the end that's it that's what it was for mike evans so i agree you know i think and with his age and you know depending on what they do at quarterback in tampa bay um i think you can still i think you can still get quite a bit for mike evans too here the biggest concern i have is i actually think byron leftwich was a pretty decent coordinator and i'm afraid of at the end of the day, when they uh, when they shift offensive schemes here, 
is it under Todd Bowles, who's always been a more conservative head coach? Do we see less passing? I think we do, especially Tom Brady's not going to be under center as well. So I think that volume does take a hit, regardless of its if it's Evans' age or not. So, Nate, I like this call for you. Last question for you about Mike Evans. What are you looking to get for him? So I think his, his value is still pretty elevated at this point because people are looking at nine straight thousand yard seasons and what he's been to this offense and what they're maybe not taking into account that this is a team that is in complete transition. He might not even be a buck next year. I think you can get like an early to mid second round pick for him and then a vet and not like a flashy vet, but like someone you mentioned earlier, a Paris Campbell, a Darnell Mooney, maybe a Cole Komet plus that second. It's not a bad haul for a guy that, I mean, I really, I see him falling off a cliff and maybe it won't happen, but I see him in that like wide receiver 25 to 28 range in 2023. I don't think he peaks into the wide receiver two conversation necessarily. Even. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think I would be willing to take like an early second round pick and uh, possibly like a Paris Campbell or, you know, someone in that range, probably for sure. I'm going to round us out here, guys, with my sell-high opportunity here, and it's Alvin Kamara, and I'm comparing him to 2018 Le'Veon Bell. Just last week, Alvin Kamara indicted by a, a, a jury over a violent altercation during the 2022 Pro Bowl weekend that left a man bloody and beaten. And this is trouble. And I, I, I will say I like Alvin Kamara, but I do think he's going to be cut. Maybe not this year, but probably next year at least. He's a $19 million dead cap hit to the Saints this year, $9 million next year. Um, and this just isn't a good look, guys. Like There are so many good running backs coming in into this season. We just talked about Chase Brown. He's what, probably the seventh, sixth or seventh rated highest running back in this draft right now. It is so incredibly deep that I don't think we can, like, I don't know if Alvin Kamara has a job that much longer. And he's been great. But the reason I'm comparing him to Lev Bell, coupleful. The one, obviously, the off-the-field issues. Lev Bell set out an entire season. The this last season he was in Pittsburgh, got got in trouble with LeGarrette Blunt, you know, booze cruising, or not booze cruising, but hot boxing, you know, rolling around the city. Um, but it's the efficiency drop-off. We saw it last season with Kamar. 300-plus touches, only three touchdowns for him on the entire season's two straight seasons of not being above four yards per carry. I like an efficient running back. Le'Veon Bell, his lap, his uh, first season with the Jets, 3.2 yards per carry on 245 car carries and then four TDs on 300 touches. Like it wasn't as bad as Le'Veon's year. Cause if you guys remember that, like Le'Veon was kind of serviceable for fantasy because he got so much volume. I just don't see a world where Alvin Kamara gets that type of volume anymore the Saints absolutely have to be drafting a running back, even if it's in the middle rounds this year. Um, I'm worried about Alvin Kamara, guys, and I, I want rid of him. I, I know you're not going to get a great return with everything up in the air, but he's going to be suspended for part of the year next year too. I just don't want anything to do with this guy um, going in 2023. Am I being too uh, too aggressive here? So I'm going to say no. <clears throat> if you don't follow him and you're on Twitter, look up Drew Davenport. Uh, phenomenal with auction drafts, if that's something you want to get into, but he's also a lawyer. So he looks at this stuff and he does some very succinct threads that kind of break down what the case means and what the implications could be moving forward. 
And boys, this is nothing to mess around with. He's facing two heavy felony assault charges that if convicted, there's a minimum jail time of five years. So it sounds like they've got enough. It went to a grand jury to indict him. So it wasn't just a prosecutor saying, hey, I want to go after this athlete, whatever. It was a grand jury that looked at the evidence and said, yeah, there's enough here. You can take this guy to court for this. That concerns me that if he's not suspended to start the season, I believe his first court hearing is March 1st or 2nd. Yes. So it's, it's yep. right around the corner here. We'll know more then. I'd be but moving honestly, off him before that. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. I, you have a limited window before that first exploratory hearing. And we see what they actually have on him to get him off of your rosters. Deal him now. Because when that stuff hits, his value is going to tank, regardless of if he plays this season. This is the most you're going to get for him in these, this next week when people are being delusional, delusional about the fact that he beat the absolute shit out of someone in Las Vegas and he was indicted by a federal grand jury. Well, these are felony charges. They're serious. And he doesn't seem to really give a shit about it. He was right. at the Daytona 500 this past weekend, which I'm glad he's a big NASCAR fan. That's awesome to see an NFL player exploring that sport a little bit. Um, but like, it, he doesn't really seem to care that much. Scott, I want to end it with, with your thoughts here. A, are you moving off Alvin Kamara? And B, if you are, what are you looking to get in return here? You only have a couple weeks to do it, yeah, so you, I mean, you might have to. It's like fast food; you got to get it and go here. I'm moving off if I can, but it might be a little too late. Like, I mean, it, it's certainly worth it's certainly worth the try. But I mean, you know, if somebody sees a Kamara offer coming their way right now, I mean, you know, not everyone knows about when these court cases are. And I will second the shout out to Drew Davenport. His legal Drew Dab baby. His legal threads are, I, I read every single oh, one. Oh, yeah, they, they, they crush it. He does a really good job, and he stays very objective about everything. He's just telling you what the process is happening. So anyway. Um, very calming, very calming. Like, I, I find myself sometimes, like, the Melvin Gordon situation a couple years ago, I was, like, very anxious about that. Drew Drew is very good, like, anti-anxiety medicine for fantasy managers in this legal prospect range. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's still worth trying to get maybe a late first for him. Um, and the reason I say that is because I've still seen it across Twitter, people being like, oh, Kamara is turning in, he's turning into the deal of the, you know what I mean? He's turning into this big screaming deal. And I think people are just kind of looking at it, just assuming he's not going to get suspended or, you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen. Just looking at it more about like, oh, he's being faded because he had an off year, not mm -hmm. because he's looking at being suspended. I mean, his court proceedings were already delayed months and months, which is what allowed him to play in 2022. But that's, that's not the case now, unless it gets delayed again. But I mean, I'd still be trying for something like that, because if you do look at it from an angle that if you hypothetically without the, the legal matters, I mean, for one, I don't know what the Saints were thinking last year. Like the way they, I mean, the amount of targets he got, it, it was almost criminal. Like, I don't know what they were thinking with not getting him the ball more. So there was that. Um, two, I think he operates better with a Mark Ingram type um, in that backfield. Uh, and so what I'm, what I'm kind of laying the groundwork for is, is if he were to play all of 2023 and let's just say, you know, his alleged, you know, still got to use the word alleged. Let's just say he's cleared. And Thank no you. Prevention or yes. whatever. Yeah. We don't, we um, don't need it. We don't need a lawsuit over here at the IVT podcast. Yeah. Might um, it down, boys. You know, I still do have hope he can, he can bounce back if they, you know, like the, the idea I had is potentially maybe if they brought in like a David Montgomery, 
uh, a guy who can be kind of more the early down guy who has some receiving chops like a Mark Ingram and, and Kamara could, you know, that's just, that's all just hypothetical ideal world type stuff. So, but based on all that, I do think you can still potentially move him, but you are running out of time. Well said, well said guys. Um, so to kind of recap here, if you have Mike Evans, consider moving off of him. Nate saying, uh, you know, an early second round pick with a veteran Alvin Kamara here. I think it's going to be tricky what you can get right now, but I think, you know, just see what your team needs. Try to build a little bit of depth. I don't think you're going to get a star for him anymore, but I definitely think you could build a couple draft picks up, possibly uh, get, get some other younger players in return. And then uh, Scott, of course, you highlighted as well. Um, Leonard Fournette should be traded as well. Try to see what you can get from him, maybe a second round pick. Um, but that's going to about do it for us tonight, guys, on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. I want to I want to shout out Toronto Dave here in the chat. Uh, appreciate him being so yeah. active tonight. Brad, Always everyone else add, adding their thoughts, man. Um, I was going through some some recent footage from one of our, our recent events. I, I I couldn't sneak it into the 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 theme song but i almost i had a clip of uh toronto dave saying ibt i'm gonna use it for something in the future nice. so yeah I, I almost snuck it in there but uh ran out of a little bit of time there so um but appreciate everyone man seriously it's a lot of fun here uh fun kind of upgrading everything nate's got the, the the podcast logo behind him right right in front of the podcast logo so love seeing that appreciate kyle in the back end holding it down and guys we'll be back next week uh we'll, we'll figure out a little more we're gonna talk combine next week i'm sure who can be the the guys who are gonna move up move down from the nfl combine so we'll, we'll stick keep plugged in uh subscribe to the channel if you guys aren't already and uh we'll be back next tuesday until then guys keep it in between <laughs>